Just want to give a little shout out to a couple of people who have left five-star reviews on iTunes. If you want a shout out, leave us a review. (laughs) Thank you to Maureen Price and to Benjamin Love. I think you're possibly the first guy to have left us a review and I really appreciate it. And I love that men are listening to this podcast. So fucking cool. Okay, on with today's app. Keeping Good Company, honest and transparent conversations between two good mates on an entrepreneurial journey together. Join Lisa Cordoff and myself, Carly Nimmo, while we explore what it means to create, grow and keep good company. Life and business is better when you're keeping good company. Okay, Carly, 2017. What the F happened? For you in 2017. This is could be a really fucking long ep. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's our strength, keeping it short. Um, what happened for I me? <laughs> Let's create a podcast where we can just talk all day long. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, 2017. <laughs> what happened for me? Well, I can honestly say this has been one of the biggest years of my life, right? Like... It was batshit crazy. I started the year sitting on a couch at my mum and dad's house at Bonnie Doon, overlooking the lake there, crying because I had no money. My bank account was at zero and bobbing below zero. My rego payment was due. My car insurance was due. I was at Bonnie Doon. We don't have any phone service, so I have to ask my mum to drive me to the bridge so I get enough phone service to answer emails, et cetera, et cetera. And so I had to ask her to drive me there so I could pay my rego, and I had to pay it quarterly, and I had to move my insurance to monthly, and I felt like an absolute failure at life and business. And this continued on for a few months, this whole bouncing below zero, just feeling absolutely partly appalled at myself, hopeless and angry, really fucking angry. And I sat there once I'd come back from paying my rego and all that jazz, and I sat there with Leonie Dawson's planner (laughs) And I decided that this year was going to be different. This was going to be the year of ease for me. And it was going to be a year where I finally pulled my head out of the fucking sand and looked at my money stuff. I wanted to learn about money. I wanted to uh, improve my relationship with it. And I was so over giving it so much power over me to determine my worth as a human being. I was literally using the numbers in my business bank account, which was bullshit. So I went on a mission to kind of heal my relationship with money, to learn everything about it and, you know, to, to take back control. And, but that didn't happen for a few months. <laughs> I was learning about money for sure, but my bank account, my financial situation wasn't improving and it didn't matter what I did. I was, I you know, I was still running Radcasters at that point. 
and I was throwing whatever money I had into trying to make that work. And each launch I would do literally would have zero signups and it, it destroyed me. It was awful. It was so awful. It was awful. I remember just like, like I'm getting emotional just thinking about it, like, like driving in the car, screaming, I fucking hate you, you know, to myself. And like, oh, it was just so, such a horrible, horrible, horrible time. Mm-hmm. And one day, so there was a series of little things that happened. I kept on going, seeing my bank, being hugely triggered, going into this story, desperately trying to change that by throwing money into Radcasters, then another failed launch, and then just all the self-talk about me being mediocre and a failure. And that was really the theme for the first part of the year, right? Mm. (laughs) I mean, you copped all the phone calls. (laughs) You were right in that spot. It was rock, kind of like rock bottom for me, even though I've been at that rock bottom before. It was, it, but then it led to something really good. Yeah. Like you, you, you sat in it, you sat in it and you knew you had to sit in it. You knew that there was something in that pain, but you were just trying to grab like, what is the lesson here? Give it to me. I will do whatever you want. Universe, help me. Which yeah. led to a specific moment. Yeah. So during that time, I had all kinds of weird shit going on health-wise too. So mm. I had a blocked ear for months. Mm. That called, yes. Remember Forgot that? about that. Yes. And, and the blocked ear, it was so weird, right? So the moment my ear unblocked was when I started writing my book. So that was totally weird <laughs> because it was like I wasn't listening to the universe or something and this blocked ear just kept on coming back and back and back. And then I started to get, but then, and then I, so I got some traction with my book and kind of made it to about 20,000 words by Christmas last year. And I was feeling really good. But then when the bank account went to zero, it triggered all this stuff in me. Like I was like, writing a book is frivolous. I need to be making money. I can't be focusing on a book when my business is like turning to shit and I can't afford to pay my rego on my car. Like this is not, you know, this is, this is not cool. So. I stopped writing the book to focus on making money and doing everything that I could to change my financial situation, which wasn't changing. And all of a sudden I started to get heart pain and it, you know, it was just a slow build. And at first I was ignoring it. And then one Friday afternoon, it got to the point where I was like, I think I'm going to die. Like, this is really painful. And I think I might be having a heart attack. And so I freaked out and at first I thought it was muscular. So I went and had a massage and did all those other kind of things, but it was still there. It wasn't going away. So I ended up at the doctor's at like five o'clock on a Friday afternoon, hooked up to an ECG thinking I was going to die. And there's nothing like that to bring you crashing back down to earth. (laughs) (laughs) It was Uh, a bizarre moment. Yeah, or just truly. you know, the it was just like the my more my mortality was mm. like right mm. there in front of my face, and so thankfully it was anxiety, <laughs> <laughs> and my doctor kind of said to me, you know, you probably need to look at this. You know what what's going on for you, but I but I didn't. So it came maybe a week or two later. It got to the point where. It all got way too much. 
And I went to walk on the beach just to clear my head and I walked along just sobbing. And I had reached really that point where I just had to let go of everything. I had to just surrender. I know it sounds like, you know, I don't know, hippie woo talk, but I but I am hippie woo, so who am I fucking kidding? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Why are you excusing me? I, I, I have no idea. So, so I just started crying and crying and crying and crying and I was just like, universe, see, I am hippie woo. I just cannot do this anymore. I will walk away from everything and I'm going to go and get a job stacking shelves because this is too fucking much and it's not worth my life, you know? Mm. It's, it's not worth this. No. And so everything kind of shifted in that moment and I let go of the attachment to me needing to be a success or me needing for things to change in any significant way for me to feel okay. I didn't, I didn't, I don't know, I just realised I didn't, I didn't need to be anywhere else. I didn't need to be doing anything else. You know, I just wanted some freedom. I just wanted to have some space. And so I was willing to do whatever I had to do to make that happen. And in that moment, everything shifted. So I came back and I had been announced as a Nova finalist for their PodQuest competition, which was like huge validation because I was questioning whether I should continue podcasting because it just felt like, you know, when you're just doing things and you're just not feeling like you're being heard. Mm. Or like you're putting all this work in and there's no return on it. And that's kind of what it had felt like for me, even though there was some return. Like I would get contacted by people and I built this amazing community and show up, speak up and all that kind of jazz, but it just never felt enough. And Mm. then when I took that pressure off me for it needing to be anything else other than what it was, the doors opened and the PodQuest, you know, announcement happened Then the next day I was contacted by Constance Hall to do some guest posting and then just like within that next week you came to me and said, let's start this fucking mastermind. And so we started the mastermind and we filled it and something shifted in that because suddenly I wasn't the person who threw the party all the time and nobody came, you know. I threw a party and people came and that was like, so different for me, which is so weird, right? Because Ali, Alison Davies, who is one of our incredible masterminders, she sent me a message yesterday saying, Carly, I'm just listening to your episode and I, an episode of Philosophies, and I just can't believe you were ever the person who threw parties that nobody came to because it just doesn't seem like you. Mm. And, but it was, and it was, it, it was painful. Like it was so mm. painful to be that person constantly trying to be seen and never being seen and it was so so painful but then this year has been the year of me being seen you know since that since probably since like late May when I had the breakdown things have done a dramatic 180 Mm -hmm. and the money has been flowing and I've, you know, I've, I've been doing crazy dorky stuff like investing in the stock market and cryptocurrencies <laughs> and all that kind of jazz. And, and so I'm seeing some returns on my investments. And, you know, the mastermind's been working. I closed Radcasters because I just felt like I was keeping it open due to fear. And I, I don't want to have anything in my life 
that I'm hanging on to due to fear. Mm. So this has been a real year of me shedding stuff that didn't serve me and stepping into owning who I am. You know, when I filled my first retreat and I ran that at the end of October and it was just so amazing. And now I'm back where, you know, launching this next round of the mastermind. And, you know, there's a little bit of me that's like, oh God, is this going to be the party that nobody comes to? (laughs) (laughs) It's still, it's still there, you know, like those little stories don't necessarily go away, but the more evidence that we have, um, the easier it is to kind of talk ourselves down off the ledge. <laughs> so, yeah, so and and now, you know, writing my book and I've just um, started promoting an event that I'm running with Bronnie Ware, Marcus Pierce and Shara Carruthers in Byron. And I just feel like I'm finally in a place where there is possibility and, yeah, and that feels really good. It's been an amazing transformation this year. Do you know one of the things that I've seen that you've really, that's inspired me and that I've seen as a big change with you is your ability to move through things much faster. So, uh, you know, we all have moments. We all are crying in the car at some point. We're all frustrated as fuck with what's going on. But what I've seen is all your years of your hippie woo, all your years of questioning, all your talking it out mm. in philosophies and, you know, interesting people who've given you little nuggets of gold and all that kind of stuff. You've, you're at a point where you've got a pretty comprehensive toolbox and you can, you can pick up your tool and work out how to get yourself through something. And I think that is like I really aspire to that. And you help other people do that. You've had a chance, especially with the mastermind, to help other people with the tools you've gathered over the past or well, lifetime, really. And I just love watching that. I love watching you in that zone. I love watching you ask the questions of yourself and of other people to just have those little breakthroughs that lead to the much bigger breakthroughs. You know, it's a real gift of yours. And I really reckon you know, you should, that's what I've seen this year. If I've seen anything apart from, you know, just really rising up, especially with the money story and all that kind of thing. It's and the just, failure story, you know, the yeah. failure story I think was even bigger than the money story. The money was a byproduct of the failure story. You just talked failure out mm. until you were so sick of talking about failure. Like it's like, okay, now I've said it. Like what am I going to do? Hold on to that all the time? Yeah. You know, I feel like I had to, the whole, the whole purpose of starting Callosophies was for me to help define what failure meant. Mm. Mm. And so I've spent the last two and a half years talking about it and I will continue to talk about it because I feel like, you know, it is a big part of my story. It certainly doesn't define mm. yeah. who I am no. though. Yes. Where it used to. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it's still something that people need to hear about, you know. They do need to know that you can feel like a fuck-up and a failure. Like we all do at times, but that doesn't have to be the the story that defines you. Mm. Mm. And I think that's where I'm at now, you know. Failure is a part of my story, but so is success. Yep. Bang. <laughs> <laughs> 
Bang. That's it. That's the, that in TV is what we would call the money shot. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and I've just loved, um, you know, after doing my retreat and stuff, my little community, you know, they, I don't know, it's cool they talk about, they refer to MFBs, you know, which are motherfucking breakthroughs. And it's, you know, it's something that I give to them. And because I give it to myself too, you know, I'm all about breaking through. And so, um, and so that, and that's, I guess, where I'm moving into is this, is this, yeah, breakthrough period where, um, you know, I don't get stuck in stuff mainly because I know regardless of whether I'm a homeless person or super externally successful, it just doesn't define who I am anymore. I'm bigger than I'm bigger than what I have. I'm bigger than what I do. So, um, so I can't not be a success anymore. Carly, I could cry <laughs> listening to this <laughs> because there's been a lot of ugly tears yeah. to get to this point. that you have, you know, <laughs> witnessed. <laughs> <laughs> and there always will be, but there was a real, like that that time at the start of the year and as a friend, there's nothing you can actually do or say to help someone through that. Like you can just listen and, you, but there was parts of me that were like, and I'm sure everybody listening to this and everyone in show up, speak up and, and you know, people who've watched you were like, why can't you see what we see? Why is this, like, I don't understand this internal thing you've got going on because that's not who I think of Carly Nimmo as, just yeah. like Ali said. And whereas now I just feel like you're at this point where you're like, wow, like all of that, even the good stuff that is given to you, the good feedback, it's still, it, it's lovely and affirming, but it's also, once again, it's like you've blocked out everyone else and you've just gone inwards to find your own peace and you're establishing your own story of what success is and it's so powerful like it's extraordinary it's truly something that I aspire to so and you doing that for yourself just means that everyone around you like if you had put out that retreat this time last year going mm. I'm gonna run a retreat I'm going to... This is going to be the thing that validates me as a human being. I'm going to be worthy. I'll be able to to pay my rego. I'll be able to... I've got to to make money on this. People would have felt that energy. And and you would have wondered why you failed again when all you had to do was just just acknowledge yourself. Yeah. And just... Yeah. I feel like, you know, I give way less fucks these days, Not, but not in an apathetic kind of way, just in a like... That stuff, it just doesn't have the power the way that it used to. The same with money. It just doesn't have the power that I used to give it. And interestingly, my word for 2007 was peace. 2017. Oh, seven. God, that was, (laughs) fuck, it feels like it was 2007 yesterday. Um, But yeah, it was peace. So, so interesting because I definitely feel in a place of peace. Yep come the close of 2017. So good. I am so excited for you in 2018, I, like, because you've busted through a lot this year. Yeah. So well done on that. Thanks. 
Yay! Bring on 2018. Seriously, I'm so, you know, it, it'll be the year of my book. Yes. Um, oh, God. I'm really excited about that. I've got to finish the fucking thing first. <laughs> Just finish the fucking book. I know. It has been like nearly 18 months now and it's just like, oh, God, I'm so over my own stories, which is a good thing too. I think that's part of the gift of writing a book is you you get to see yourself from a different perspective, which has been really great. So 2018, yeah, definitely the year of my book and this next year I want to reach more people, mm-hmm. which I've been afraid to do. Yep. Um, but I'm ready now. Hello, world. I'm coming to get you. <laughs> out, motherfuckers. You will not be able to hide. <laughs> she will be everywhere. <laughs> Bring uh, it on. Bring it on. Well done for this year. Thanks. Oh, and next week we're going to explore Lisa's 2017. <laughs> oh, I feel even sick thinking about it. All right. See you then. <laughs> See ya. Thanks for sticking around. See you next Monday. Remember to subscribe and keep good company. Bye.